you know, we're going to be on, we're going to be, we're going to be in this show for like an hour or so. So do well, I pee let's now? Just, let's or? just go ahead and do it. Let's just, let's mm. just both make an executive decision and do it together. All right, here we go. All right, all right. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're checking in on those Razzie nominations. It's oh, the Mike. Razzies. They're still happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> even bad movies uh, can come out during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, within last year, there were several of them. And several this <laughs> year. I'm looking forward to next year's Razzies already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Feige discusses multiple seasons of Marvel shows. I know you want to know if there's going to be more of that. Oh, please. Of those shows. We'll talk about that a little bit. We really hope you like Resident Evil this year because this is the <laughs> year for Resident Evil items and more well if this year is the year for resident evil this week is a content week chris uh mm-hmm. like you said just before we hit the record button we're yep. in like the eye of a storm because we're getting two huge like really 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 big things this week uh you know we got the snyder cut coming up like weird like midweek a birthday yeah. present for you. Yes. Uh, so you'll be able to watch it. Maybe it's a good present. I don't know. I, and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm glad it's going to be over. That's, I was like, you're excited for this. I'm like, I'm glad for <laughs> you show up in my news all fucking week. Uh, yeah. I mean, it seems like you could have uh, watched it. You could have opened up your birthday present a little bit earlier. Uh, if you yeah. knew that, if you knew the keys of the kingdom, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about that here in a little bit, but also Falcon and the winter soldier, which is, which has been exciting for me being out here. In L.A., because when the pandemic started, uh, the Quiet Place 2 billboards just remained in the sky forever, right? There was no new movies coming out. I don't know if just nobody outside of the movie business ever even wants to put anything up on a billboard, but it was just like, I felt like I was in um, that, what's that Will Smith movie where there's like vampires? I am legend. I am legend. And you know what's funny? Because they had a (laughs) Batman v Superman poster in that one. Exactly, and that's exactly what this has felt like. Like the Quiet Place 2 has just been plaguing the billboards for this entire pandemic. And I feel like the first time I noticed them coming down, was just the other week, and what came up was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They even do that cool thing where they protrude a little bit of extra design off the billboard, and that's like the Falcon's uh, wing coming out. So I'm getting really, really hyped. I literally drove by one uh, today, so I'm very excited for that. So it's just it's just a cool week, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it, it's Sunday right now, so yes. we have not watched any of that stuff yet, so we're just waiting. Yeah. We're anticipating uh, we sprung forward an hour, so we lost an hour. So I, I'd like to thank Daylight Savings Time uh, for getting us an hour closer to all of these things, I guess, is one way to look at it. We just cut an hour out. Now we get to it a little faster. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's um, – everyone's probably very sleepy listening to this on their way to work uh, in the morning. So thank you for bearing with us. And we hopefully – this is that shot of energy you need to get through the day. Uh, mm-hmm. But also at the same time, I'm enjoying it because right now it's eight o'clock, right? And uh, our, our my time, and it was daylight. Uh, you know, when I walked in here to record, I'm like, yes, <laughs> give me that afternoon daylight. I need it. It's gonna make me feel um, that much better about yeah, it. Yeah, we're we're lucky you're not 50 years older because you might be like battling some sundowning right now. You wouldn't make it to the end of the podcast with the sun setting uh, yeah. right on you. Exactly, exactly. And then also, you know, not only that, we've got other shows. We got Kong, Godzilla versus Kong coming up. We got Mortal Kombat coming up. Like oh, this, yeah, is, that's right. This is the precipice before things start actually releasing this year. You know, mm-hmm. for for a good consecutive thing. So, you know, week here, two week wait there. That's awesome. I'm I'm really excited for yeah. that. In an alternate universe uh, where a pandemic wasn't uh, plaguing our entertainment, this would normally be the time of the year where we're really starting to strap in and get on that summer blockbuster roller coaster, right? You know, because before the summer was just so insanely competitive, you were running out of weekends to put your big tentpole movie like smack dab in the middle of a kid's uh, summer break. So they're just like, okay, well, let's put it out in March. We've had really huge stuff come out in March in the past. So, you know, we, we basically putting on like our, our, our big kid boots, uh, as soon as March. So now we kind of have to, uh, change our expectations a little bit, but you know, thank God for streaming that we have some fun stuff still to watch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, it's, 
it's just even if it's not something where we've 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 been looking forward to, it's just something new to look mm-hmm. at uh, for a little bit. So that's that's been a thing because I've been uh, I've been you'll we'll talk about this in in the in the corn stream here, Mike. We can kick it off here. Is that I've been watching a lot of older stuff, but um, mm-hmm. things that are not new, but things you know, again, uh, my wife has not seen. But I'm going to jump to you because you got here first and put your list in. So I'm going to go by the order of the show notes and uh, default to you, my my friend. Yeah, well, uh, the wife and I have jumped into some prestige television that we uh, missed uh, back in 2019. 2019 feels like a bajillion years ago, mm-hmm. but uh, this show, the first season dropped in 2019, uh, or maybe it was even 2018. I don't even remember, but there's two seasons out right now. We're working our way through the second season, and that is the show on HBO called Succession. Uh, we caught the very first episode like a year and a half ago, and then we just weren't in the right mind space for this kind of like high drama, kind of Wall Street, big business type of show. So even though intellectually we, we identified things we liked in the first episode, we just dropped off. So the other week, uh, the wife was just like, should we try to watch Succession again? So we loaded back up the first episode, and then we were hooked right back in there. Um, uh, one familiar face that you might see in this show is uh, Cameron you know, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, I don't know what his name is as an actor. I just keep calling him Cameron, but he's in this show. Uh, you have uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother is in this show as well. What is it, Kieran? Kieran Culkin? Kieran Culkin, one of them, I think. Yeah. So they, they make up two of the, of the brothers of this uh, big kind of empire family, and it's supposed to be kind of like a, it's almost like a Rupert Murdoch Fox News-esque business, but they also own theme parks, and they kind of own a company that's kind of like a SpaceX, company in Japan so it's just like this amalgamation of this huge conglomerate and it's just all about like these children vying for the spot of a of a CEO so there's just a lot of high drama uh, but it's from uh, Adam McKay, which if that name sounds familiar, is because usually you would associate him with Will Ferrell, who gave you all of those huge uh, smash uh, comedy hits from back in, like, I want to say, what, mid to late aughts? I think, like, mm-hmm. 2000, like, 10s maybe when they were oh, really popping off. Yeah, um, yeah. like, uh, your prime prime end of the 2000s started the new decade. Yeah, but uh, Adam McKay seems to have this affinity for kind of, like, these big spender Hollywood uh, uh, Wall Street types because uh, he also was the guy who gave us the big short which was that movie about the 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 housing crisis the the mm-hmm. kind of stock market recession so he has this uh this passion for it and uh, the show the show is drama but there's also some uh some interesting laughs in there as well because you know it's adam mckay he comes from this comedy background so it's been fun we're about we're halfway through season two so we'll be all caught up here soon so succession if you're looking for some of that high drama of just loving to hate characters because there's no likable characters in this show so you just watch it to hate them so that's really satisfying uh and then second up like the total opposite show like this can be more of an antithesis to succession is this new animated show on netflix called city of ghosts so i checked out the first three episodes today there's only six episodes available, so I don't know if they're just doing shorter seasons or if there'll be like a part two maybe later this year, but it's just this incredibly charming and wholesome animated show uh, about these kids who are kind of in this ghost club, and they go around the city of Los Angeles to find ghosts and just interview them, and the amazing thing about this show is, um, Chris, are you familiar with the cartoon show uh, Gumball that's on uh, Cartoon Network? Yeah, the... It's like the Fantastical World of Gumball or something like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have, like, these animated characters on, like, lifelike backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show does something very similar where uh, when they go around these different neighborhoods in Los Angeles, the backgrounds are like photographs or video of those real locations in Los Angeles. And then they do this cool thing where they embellish the backgrounds a little bit. So, you know, if there's like if you can see like the Hollywood Hills in the background, uh, they'll remove them and they'll replace them with like hand drawn uh, 2D hills. Or if there's like a palm tree in the midground, uh, they'll replace that with like a, a hand drawn palm tree. So there's just like this amazing charming aesthetic to it and all of the characters are 3d animated but if you have like this secondary or this tertiary character in the background they'll be flat 2d animated so you just have like this amazing depth and all of the kids in the show are voice acted by real kids and they kind of include kind of some of their clunky dialogue and they're kind of just childlike improvisation so you just have all of this warmth coming off of the show 
And I, and it has this, like this docu-series style too. So like these kids are going out to interview ghosts, but then they're also kind of talking to camera as they're interviewing these people that are kind of quote unquote being haunted, if you will. So I, I think anyone would watch this and have a really great time. Uh, but it's also really, uh, nice if you, are familiar with the area of Los Angeles because they go to these different locations that are neighborhoods that aren't usually highlighted, you know, that you would see like in movies or TV shows out here in LA. And since we've been stuck in our apartment for uh, over a year now, I think we were actually almost right on the one year anniversary of being, uh, you know, in quarantine on lockdown. We haven't been able to like explore the city really that much. So it's been, it's been nice. It's kind of like a virtual way to uh, enjoy the city that we've been unable to explore for over a year so that's city of ghosts on netflix it's just so nice so charming i i would at least watch one episode just so you can kind of see the creativity that's going into the animation here but uh that is what is on the docket for the corn stream for me this week chris uh what have you been watching uh i have been watching a follow-up to a movie my wife saw for the first time a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, alien and saw aliens the james cameron follow-up and, uh, you know, kind of I was working again, you know, this on my arcade cabinet stuff. Uh, so I, I've seen it before. It was in the background. Uh, but, you know, in this Aliens, you know, we find out, you know, um, spoiler alert, Ripley's been gone for like, what, 50 something years or more. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they've colonized the planet where the aliens were. And they're like, there's nothing there. You're crazy. And then all of a sudden the colonists go missing. And you're like, well, she told you. Don't. This is what happens when you don't listen to the woman uh, again <laughs> in, the, in the show. Uh, and uh, what I really like about, you know, the sequel, you know, uh, uh, Ridley Scott did the first one, James Cameron did this one, is, you know, while it is a little more um, military-focused, right, there's military people dropping down to find these aliens, uh, and it, it does this, the the scary, spooky stuff, I think, a little better, because they do find a little girl called Newt in this one, and she's like, you know, they had the cat in the first one, right, that they always had, a, we have to get the cat, we have to get the cat, and this one, it was <laughs> we have to take the girl with us kind of thing. Uh, and um, we get to see for the first time a uh, queen alien, if you will. They kind of explain why, where the eggs come from. They open up the lore a little bit without, you know, ripping back all the layers at once. And be like, well, these are what these aliens really are, and this is what they're doing. Blah blah blah. And uh, of course, we get the iconic line: "Stay away from her, you bitch." Uh, in mm-hmm. this, whenever Ripley's in the mech, and it's just one of those fun. I mean, it was just fun to go kind of go back to it, and you know. Um, <laughs> see it through fresh eyes because a lot of these effects right back then are done in camera. There's not uh, effects in the eighties that we, you know, we have today. And if they did, they looked piss poor. Uh, so I was really excited, you know, from a filmmaking point of view to see these practical effects that like we've talked about before the HR Geiger sets, right? The, the, the gooiness, like all the alien bodies and, and how <laughs> it's he's wet. That dude's yeah. brain is just wet all the time. He's just like, I think everything I'm looking at would be better if there was a sheen on it. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, on the eggs, the water flows upwards. So they reverse mm. all the liquid drops onto them. Or, or hang it upside down and reverse all the liquid drops. It's just really, it was it was really exciting to kind of do this. And there's you know a new alien game coming out. I think maybe we talked about it or didn't. Um, this kind of set like in like Left for Dead style game where you're just mm-hmm. running and gunning away from the aliens. And this kind of gave me that vibe because you they're always down. They're counting bullets, right? Um, you've got Michael Bean, uh, action star of the '80s. You know, coming off the heels of Terminator, going right into Aliens, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Bill Paxton, who you know made an appearance in Shield, uh, Agents of Shield season one, uh, before he passed tragically. You know, as a, uh, you know, just another, you know, smart mouth, you know, military guy. It was just really cool to to go back in there and watch my wife experience this for the first time because she's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what aliens are, I don't know what they look like, but why are they scary? Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think this one did a really good job hiding because the, the walls were all alienified, right? And not in the ceilings. Mm-hmm. So they hid them better in those, like when they popped out and gotcha, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It was really, really cool to, to, to visit that. Uh, today, on, on this uh, the Sunday, I had the pleasure of watching a YouTube TV version of Cliffhanger. <laughs> and when you say, why does that matter, Chris? Uh, that means because. It has commercials in it, uh, and they edited so, some of the language out. Okay, so this is actually the movie Cliffhanger. I thought like yeah. this was like a legacy of like YouTube Red, like oh we're yeah. gonna remake Cliffhanger. <laughs> nope, nope. It was the movie Cliffhanger on YouTube TV with commercials, kind of thing. I think it was on BBC for some reason because they kept showing Doctor Who commercials mm. uh, in the middle of it. Um, but you know, this is just one of those '80s action movies where Sylvester Stallone is he's jacked, he's in a t-shirt <laughs> in the snow climbing up a mountain. You know, everyone's getting punched in the face and bloodied up, but they're all muscly men and they're all manly men and they're all going to 
stick it out. Um, I it's hard for me to see um, the villain in this movie. He is the uh, third rock from the sun, the main actor. I can't oh, remember. John Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow as like a villain because mm-hmm. my introduction to him was in Third Rock of, from the Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I mean, it's hard to see him as as the villain, but he, he is the main villain in this but also i did not know this uh or at least i hadn't thought about it well but michael rooker stars opposite sylvester stallone oh. as, as his buddy which then brings me to guardians of the galaxy volume two where they share scenes as the ravagers together i'm like oh this is actually pertinent and i forgot about it because it's been forever since <laughs> i watched cliffhanger yeah, so I, I, w- I was Googling Cliffhanger real quick just to get uh, some cliff notes, if you will, while you were talking about it. And uh, I, I'm having a trouble finding dates for some of these things, but if you search Cliffhanger, uh, you're going to find the word reboot as early as, I want to say, 2019, yep. and with Jason Momoa might possibly appear. So uh, this could come to fruition. We might be seeing a reboot of this film, Chris. So it's a good thing you're out yeah. there doing your homework. Yeah, exactly. And it was just on t- one of those things you watch when you're at your family's house, mm-hmm. and it's just on TV, and you're like, yeah, whatever. We'll watch it uh, again. My one of my first introductions to Cliffhanger was the opening scene of Ace Ventura 2. Uh, with, oh, yeah, uh, whenever he drops the raccoon off the, the cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, he falls. He, is he falling off a bridge? I feel well, like no, I they're, they're, they're climbing, they're, they're going across the valley of the mountains on the, like the single line, mm. and the, the, the hook breaks or whatever, and he drops the raccoon to the thing. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was kind of. It was just fun to watch that and, and, and revisit, you know, I guess it's 93. I thought this was an 80s movie. It felt like the, the 80s was 90. It does have 80s energy to it, for yeah, sure. Very much so. Uh, and then lastly, this week, I, t- I, w- I took uh, a trip back and, and revisited Inception by Christopher mm. Nolan. Um, because I think, you know, that's, uh, that's peak Leonardo DiCaprio right there. Uh, when we talk about Leo memes... There's the one where he's doing it from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but then there's the mm-hmm. one where he's talking to Cillian Murphy uh, on the plane, and he's like squinting at him because he said mm-hmm. something. So I, I enjoy that. But I, I, all the actors in Inception just sell their roles so much. Again, speaking of Third Rock from the Sun, we got um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We have mm-hmm. Tom Hardy. Um, uh, Elliot Page uh, was is in it. Um, again, uh, uh, Michael Caine. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, all these great people, um, Ken uh, Watanabe, uh, like it's just so many great actors. And I think you know, after watching what was his most recent film that we watched, where the couple backwards boys. Oh God, uh, well I can't even remember. Um, and, uh, Tenet. Uh, Tenet. Tenet. Yeah, I started with the T. <laughs> yeah, like how the story in Tenet doesn't really make sense when you try to sit and think of it, but like how in Inception all the details were kind of plotted out along the way. Like it felt that much better to go back and like, oh, this is this is prime Christopher Nolan too. Like. You know, coming off Batman, doing his own movie stuff. Yeah, the interesting thing about Inception comparing it to Tenet, I feel like the exact same amount of talent and effort went into both movies, but but Christopher Nolan just started from a better idea at the core with inception so when you work kind of through that problem you you end up with this like very very well crafted movie where when you're working through a kind of a more difficult more confusing problem like tenet you still get all the masterful craft and filmmaking but kind of the product that's made is just kind of like uh, well i don't know about this one so and, much <laughs> and i think you'll agree the the idea of inception is something easier to sink your teeth into um, mm-hmm. Because we all dream, right? We all know what dreams are and how real they can feel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, traveling uh, backwards through time um, because some people from the future said we could feels weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel tangible where Inception feels like, oh, this could actually happen mm-hmm. uh, it, it, somewhere down the road. And it's just really fun to have that team of people. Um, it's one of those things I just kind of put on when I was laying in bed. I'm like, oh, I'm going to probably fall asleep to this. But my eyes were glued the whole time because <laughs> it's just so fun to go down. You and fool. I think, yeah. Uh, but I think Aliens and Inception are both on HBO Max, which, you know, we're, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. It's a, it's a great service to have. A lot of really good options on there. Mm-hmm. So uh, really diving into that. But I want to dive into the news, Mike. We 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 are ready to get into this because I want to talk about this first topic. One of my favorite times of year is award season. Mm-hmm. And what kind of award? It, it, if with every Oscar, there comes the anti-Oscar, the raspberries. <laughs> And uh, if we, I think we go through this every year. If no one knows what the raspberries are, Mike, give them a quick rundown of what the Razzies are. It's it's the, it's the antithesis of the Oscars. <laughs> if the Oscars are rewarding uh, craft and uh, quality filmmaking, the Razzies are rewarding uh, just bad, just bad, just schlock. Yeah. W- what didn't turn out well? Uh, sometimes I feel like the Razzies, 
may also be plagued with the exact same kind of notions that the Oscars are, where like it, sometimes it feels like the Oscars aren't really awarding the best film. They're just kind of rewarding the film that feels like they, the that certain director maybe deserves an award by now, or there's a culmination of a bunch of stuff of that person's life going into it. In the same way, I feel like the Razzies, like it, it they they're not factually picking the worst movie that was made in that calendar year. It's just kind of like, okay, well, you were a certain class of movie that had everything going for it. You know, you had the money, you're a big studio picture, and you just miffed it. So you're going to get the award for worst picture when technically you could probably go out and find a technically a feature film that was like limited to release and was just like, you know, just like dog crap but so that's why you get like things like you know like i guess a bury unburying the lead here but like a wonder woman if that wins a razzie you know that's yeah why. and it, <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those things it's like the biggest letdowns kind of like you said right mm -hmm. it's like you know you have talent and money and time but you just fucked it up you, you <laughs> really dropped the ball here and you know again I, I wouldn't I would expect to see probably Willie's Wonderland on this next year. <laughs> but um but we're talking about twenty twenties Razzies. Uh when there weren't a lot of movies out, so this is really, really fun. What's also cool about the Razzies is it's not an elite thing. You go pay your dues as a Razzie person. I think it's like forty bucks mm -hmm. uh a year. Or forty bucks and then it's twenty five years. I'm like and then you get to vote for this. We can vote for the worst movies ever. Uh <sighs> their motto on their site, I looked this up earlier, it says don't bitch, vote. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, all right, they're down. So the the newest Razzies, I'm not gonna go through all of them because they go this not the same things Academy Awards go to. They don't get into like music score and like costumes <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, they do touch on some some big ones here, and these cross over into our news topics. That's why I brought them in here. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, one of the the most coveted uh, Razzie uh, awards is worst actor. Right, um, mm -hmm. this is one that Eddie Murphy. I think he got three of them in a row, and then he quit <laughs> acting for ten years. Uh, he said he 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 got the awards. Stopped acting because of them, and when did Dolomite is my name, which you know come back, and then mm -hmm. uh, what's the movie he's doing this year? Um, uh, coming to America. Yeah, coming to America. You know, so um, you know, which which people say is bad. I only bring this up because the movie that is the worst supporting actor this year is actually another Doctor Doolittle movie called <laughs> Doolittle, and Robert Downey Jr. is up for this. Uh, he came off of last year in 2019, two years ago. Endgame, right? Avengers mm -hmm. Endgame, where he is the defining moment with the snap and giving the iconic, you know, performance and wrapping up a decade of acting there. And um, within a year, he's turned it around with uh, a Disney. Uh, a, well, it's not a Disney movie. It's actually somebody else uh, with Doolittle getting a worst actor nomination. So, yeah. if anybody needs to be humbled in this world, I think celebrities are a top class of people that uh, uh, could do with a little bit of a. Uh, eating crow mm -hmm. so uh, you know whether or not Robert Downey Jr. is a good guy or not you know this is just a good reminder of just like eh, not everything you're going to touch is going to turn to gold buddy exactly <laughs> and, and, and another example of that in the, the other two of the other worst actors in that are also Adam Sandler and David Spade um, <laughs> people who were essentially golden boys in the 90s right um, mm -hmm. 20 years later on uh, not so much uh, one of the more surprising ones is this turn in worst supporting actress, Kristen Wiig for Wonder Woman 84. Now, here's yep. <laughs> where I think I think I don't think it's her fault. I think Kristen Wiig is a great actress. I think the the, the hand she was dealt was piss poor. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think she actually deserves this nomination, but the character and how it was handled does. I mean, mm -hmm. which is hard to like, it's hard to say, you know, then does she deserve it? Yes or no kind of thing. So, um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I feel like this was this wasn't really a surprise, but I, I hate to see it for Kristen Wiig, who really didn't do a bad job acting uh, in that movie. Yeah, just the it's just the characterization yeah. that she was given in the type of movie that she was in, but the effects. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? And that's why uh, you don't usually see these people showing up at the Razzies because uh, sometimes they deserve it, and sometimes it's just like uh, I probably shouldn't have picked this project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It probably sounded good on paper, if I was going to mm -hmm. be honest. So I, mean, I can't fault her. And lastly, uh, one of the the last uh, titles is worst remake, ripoff, or sequel. Uh, and Wonder Woman 84 secures its second nomination. Ooh, uh, I here. totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about letdowns, I mean, talk about huge dip in quality. So uh, mm -hmm. this one, I think that's safe. That's a safe uh, assumption. Right yeah, there. exactly. Uh, Doolittle is also in this. And then um, Adam Sandler's Hubie Halloween. Is, Ugh, is a, I hated that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I was, I was like, uh, you're going you're gonna to like that. 
Uh, so, um, yeah, the Razzies, you can go to Razzies.com and look it up all these. Uh, there's movies in here I've never heard of, like 365 Days. Um, have you heard of this movie? Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. Apparently nope. it's a Polish remake or a ripoff of Fifty Shades of Grey. So, um, <laughs> it had six nominations along with Doolittle. So, there you cool. go. Uh, th- there is funny because also I just want to, before we jump on one of the worst supporting actors is actually Rudy Giuliani in the Borat subsequent movie. <laughs> so uh, they they do they do take a piss at some people in here. It's really funny. Uh, so Razzies will know more in a couple weeks how that goes. One of the hardest things about making news for this show every week is going through all the news, right? Finding out what's <laughs> actually relevant, what's what's pertinent to the show, so we can tell it to you. And you're not like you guys are just spitting off, you know. Uh, some 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 lies or some some what is it hot takes what what's the word I'm looking for clickbaits right we're not doing mm-hmm. right here doing clickbait we're doing actual news and I just want to thank God Justice League Snyder Cut is coming out this week because uh, every other icon on every news site I go across I scour dozens of them is goddamn Justice League like here's a poster for <laughs> Wonder Woman here's a poster for the Flash here it is in black and white here's you know. Stuff. And it's not that, you know, I'm not disparaging the movie yet, right, Mike? I mean, we've, we've seen the bad version, so, supposedly. Uh, but golly, just, it needs to just be here so we don't well, have to dig through it. Yeah, it's just this very, very strange scenario where, you know, some people have said, like, you know, this isn't the first time uh, a director has ever been given a chance to go back and redo a movie. But I would say this might be the very first time that this has ever happened where there's been an almost equal marketing push for like the second version right because when this has happened in the past it's been like on a dvd you know collector's edition and like there might be a trailer for it but you're only going to see it if you're in like the right subreddit and somebody shared it and stuff right like this is like a full-fledged like hbo max premium streaming thing that's being pushed in your face kind of all over again so whether you like it or not you're gonna have to experience the marketing one more time yeah, exactly. And and there's like there's like, hey, here's a here's a Wonder Woman trailer. Today it was like, here's the final trailer with all these people and I'm like, I'm not watching this. I'm trying to go in as clean as I can to experience it for the first time because we do that. You know, me Mike, you know, we both agree we try to avoid like the TV spots yeah. and like the other trailers. Well, that, that like. was a that was a question that I was actually going to a- ask you Chris before we go into these bullet points for Justice League. Were you going to rewatch Joss Whedon's cut of the film this week before you watch Snyder's version of it. Absolutely not. Uh, I've actually got it in my schedule to watch Batman v Superman, the ultimate cut on HBO Max beforehand. Okay. Um, so I've watched Man of Steel probably a little over a month ago. Uh, feels pretty fresh in my mind. Do Batman v Superman, the ultimate cut, which I've not watched since we did our review episode on it. I lived in a different house. Like that's how long ago that was. Uh, and then go into Justice League on Thursday afternoon and, you know, buckle up for four hours and see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I was chatting with uh, some fans of the show. I was asking them similar questions and they're like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, rewatch Justice League. They, you know, they want to feel like they, you know, are totally on board with everything that's happened in this canon or not canon so far. We'll actually talk about that here in a second. But I'm going to try to go from a very Philistine point of view. I'm just mm-hmm. like totally trying to remove my brain from everything. And I'm just going to try to watch it as best as I I can as somebody that just has forgotten everything about the mm-hmm. movie and just try to uh, absorb it as the the standalone piece of quote unquote art Snyder wants it to yeah. be. So so, uh, so you don't you're not gonna watch Batman v Superman before you kind of jump into it. No 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 okay. no. I'm I'm just gonna put it on like every other Rube is probably going to do this week of yeah. just like oh something new in front of me. I didn't even know that this was coming out. I'll click mm-hmm. play and watch it. <laughs> yeah yeah. So so buckle up for that. And if you're one of those lucky suckers who were trying to watch um, Tom and Jerry on HBO Max this week, you could have gotten to watch it early because <laughs> the um, uh, for lack of a better word, I believe incompetence is what I'm looking for here <laughs> at HBO Max. Someone uh, put it on there and, and they were able to they watch Tom and Jerry and some small children's parents probably freaked out seeing um, literally Zack Snyder's Justice League instead. Um, how, how hard is it to copy the files? That's, that's the question we ask. <laughs> yeah, I believe that this was only available for, I want to say, roughly an hour until mm-hmm. uh, the, peop- the, the people over there on the tech side of things uh, cut the feed, as I believe I saw in some articles. Uh-huh. So there, there's some people out there who you know, don't really have any sort of like um, 
movie reviewing experiences who were, who were trying to get some of their thoughts and opinions out of the movie. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be elitist and say like n- not anybody can re- review a movie, but there was just like randos on Twitter giving their review for like the first hour of this film. But I was just like, I don't know anything about you. What's your opinion on the whole mm-hmm. Snyderverse in general? Do you, how often do you like watch movies? What's going on? So basically I just didn't look up what these kind of first hour long impressions were. But I did see that there's some review embargoes for the Snyder Cut that are starting to lift right around now. Yeah, I saw some today. (laughs) Yeah, so I think you're going to see a lot of those headlines tomorrow on Monday. And usually that's a good sign, right? You know, they're not going to lift those review embargoes before you're able to actually watch it because they want people to go check it out. So this could be a good sign for the Justice League that they're willing to lift those, uh, Mm. what, four, five days before you're actually able to stream it? But I also think there's this uh, internet culling of the Snyder Cut fans who will be undeterred regardless of what you do. And (laughs) will increase the HBO Max price. I don't have it in our notes here, but actually HBO Max said they're going to do a a cheaper price with ads later this summer. Uh, We. We talked about that a little bit because um, it reminded me when you were actually mentioning, you know, the marketing push for this, you know, to get people to HBO Max, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, ad free supported version might be the last uh, last barrier. Uh, the or that, not the ad free. It's the ad supported version, which is cheaper, will probably be the last barrier to entry to people who maybe didn't join on just yet because HBO Max is a little pricier. Right. It's like about fifteen dollars a month or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Also, um, again, this movie is releasing Thursday, March 18th, probably in the morning. Guess what? 3 a.m. Eastern, midnight your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this will probably be four. This is a four. This is not probably. There's a four hour film with separate chapters involved here, Mike. Uh, with title cards and everything on the chapters. You, if you, you are a pro- if you are a project manager or anybody that's in charge of nerds at your place of work, uh, expect lower productivity on Thursday because they're going to tell you that they're working, but they're actually going to be at home and they're going to be watching the Snyder Cut and they're just going to be like uh, refreshing their email inbox maybe every twenty minutes to make sure they're not about to get fired. So just be prepared for that. Uh, if anybody's ever um, put. Uh, a Zack Snyder quote in their email signature. Right. Be prepared for this. Right, exactly. Uh, or one of these titles. I think the first chapter is called Don't Count On It, Batman, or something like that. I, I don't know. So, um, But, yeah, so it, my, my biggest thing is with four hours, I'm going to watch it in the evening. Um, but, you know, I've got to schedule my bathroom breaks around these, Mike. Um, <laughs> you know, going to need an intermission, stretch my legs, do a lap. Uh, yeah, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We will be talking about this on uh, uh, next week's uh, feed. So we'll yeah. do a whole spoiler cast on this for sure. I mean, how could we not? We'd be insane not to. Yeah, we did it for Batman v Superman, um, the ultimate cut. We we actually had to pay for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, fuck us, right? Um, <laughs> uh, la- uh, the other part of this is um, the, the notes from the next time this week is Joss Whedon's Justice League film is actually considered the DCEU canon. So any sequels going forward or any other movies will reference that cut of the film rather than the Snyder cut of the film if they even reference it at all yeah I mean does it even really matter I think um, uh, I saw a headline I don't even know if we're talking about it here in the show or not I'll just scroll forward a little bit here. It was about the flow. We're talking about the flash uh, next. Never mind. I'll just wait and uh, talk <laughs> about it there. But yeah, it's just like, is the continuity even going to matter when they're fracturing and changing things uh, so much anyway? Uh, we, we don't even know yeah. if some characters are going to return or some actors. So yeah, it doesn't even really matter. Right. Exactly. I think the biggest question here is uh, whether, no matter which one they cut with, will they be bringing back Henry Cavill as Superman? Um, we yes. already know Ben Affleck's out um, and they have a new Batman. Um who's in his own little universe, you know, so will he even cross over or not? Who knows? Uh, Michael Keaton, again, Michael Keaton's supposed to be doing that stuff. So it really doesn't matter which one's considered a cane at this point. I think just keep looking forward and don't look back and we'll be, there's a lot of success to be had Mm. uh, from everybody. So um, Justice League, thankfully coming out this Thursday, March 18th. Um, They're they're doing it just for me the day after my birthday, Mike, to they like, Chris needs to watch this uh, and get it out of his news feeds because man, I need to get to the good stuff. <laughs> um, the, the the other stuff, I guess. Not not it's not all good. Some of it's just others. The Flash movie, on the other hand, uh, is moving forward, and they've um they are keeping Ira, uh, the Iris West actress uh, Kiersey Clemens, uh, of course. I think we, we might have talked about that before, but they've cast Maribel Verdu, uh, who's an actress in Pan's Labyrinth, as Nora Allen, Barry's mother, for this movie. And yeah, I think I also saw that they're going to be um, what recasting the dad too. Right. Well, that's the next. That's the next bullet point. So uh, mm-hmm. the reason they're casting his mom is because Billy Crudup uh, from Watchmen has had to drop out due to a scheduling conflict with his uh, Apple TV 
Plus show uh, and the Flash constantly being delayed. Uh, they say it will be recast, but you know who knows? You know what will be happen with this multiverse they're supposedly tapping into. In the, yeah, in the Flash stuff, and also it kind of goes back to like Joss Whedon's like film canon. Uh, whether that actor was or wasn't the same in uh, Zack Snyder's version, I don't think that's even up for dispute. But it's yeah. just like it doesn't even really matter. Like we're so far removed from those movies at the, like this point well, in time, you know. It just well, you just move forward, like you said. Well, exactly, and that's the thing, you know, with with Iris West, or I, not not West Iris. What's her name? Um, before she gets. No, no, Iris uh, West. It's Iris West. And Iris Allen later. Um, is that, you know, Kirstie Clemens was cut from the movie from Joss Whedon's, right? So mm-hmm. they feel like we can recast her with anybody we want, but they're choosing to keep her for the Year Green Flash movie. Um, but yeah, so, you know, uh, one of if you're familiar with the Flash TV show, I expect a lot of similarities between this and the TV show, right? Flash's mother is killed. Um, Dad's framed for it. He was in jail in Justice League and seen kind of how that plays out as he travels mm-hmm. back in time. Good play with that. On the flip side, the Batman, the other movie we were talking about here, the one with um, uh, just watched his movies, um, Tenant and and whatever. Uh, who's the actor who's playing Batman? Shoot me. Uh, <laughs> what's his name, Mike? I, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. Pattinson. Pattinson. They finished principal photography on the film finally after several shutdowns and and filming through uh, the pandemic and stuff like that. They finally finished it. Um, and uh, they're, uh, I guess, pretty excited about it. You know, that's that's good to have a movie under the belt, right? Like, now we've got a year, one full year, pretty much exactly, until this comes out, March fourth of twenty twenty two. So many Batman. We yeah. got just we we get we got more Batman than we got Spider Man. Uh, there's a lot to keep track of. I just like it when you get like um a lot of sample sizes from one specific category, right? Now oh. we have like so many different versions of Batman. I just want to see a lot of the comparison charts. You know, I think there was one when uh, Ben Affleck was uh, Batman of just like, how many people did this Batman kill versus how many people did these other Batman kill? So yeah. um, the, the the data side of my brain likes the well, extra data point. Well, what I'm looking at here, this is a, a, a slate from the film, and it looks like a birthday card. Is this like a Riddler birthday card here, like a card that Riddler would leave behind? Or maybe not a birthday well, card, but like this is movie is props. That? Like, like this is bagged what? movie props here. It looks like just says it almost looks like an air freshener that you put around your uh, mirror in your car. Uh, well, uh, it's in a plastic <laughs> bag for protection, like the, mm-hmm. the slate is. And there's an evidence bag behind the slate. I mean, I'm gonna. I don't think. I mean, we might be thinking too hard into this, but like it looks like there's some tidbits from the film, like keepsakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a little evidence bag, and yeah, it could be like a greeting card or something like that. Yeah, I think I think that was going to be something to do with the Riddler because the Riddler likes mm-hmm. to leave cards on Batman's doorstep. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, we got to wait a whole year for DC to do the post production, but you know, that's uh, that's good. It's in the can, Mike. That's, mm-hmm. that's that means they got a movie and they're probably going to release it. If not, we'll start a hashtag <laughs> about it. Something I didn't know what was going on this week was the uh, AT and T analyst and investor day. Uh, call and in that call they did some dc announcements and mostly confirmations if you will um so we've got this fun little link in the show notes that shows this grid of all the stuff they actually um showed uh these are official uh title cards mike um Mm -hmm. and things in the work and i'll Uh, stop you right there obviously the biggest news to come out of this is not even news because i think we've talked about it before but it's the long-awaited bat wheels bat- we want to see I don't know what if we've the talked batmobile about this. this is we want to see me. what a sentient batmobile gets up to out there in the world right? i believe this is cars but for batman um is that is that what you're thinking uh i mean i actually if we really want to talk about it what is it is this batman batman personified as a car like in a car's universe or is this like a night rider situation where this is a sentient batmobile who maybe is tired of batman riding around in him or maybe he feels like when batman is busy and sleeping he should be going out and fighting crime on his own and like oh batmobile you can't be going out there doing hijinks you're gonna get me in trouble yeah, well, I guess the bat plane and bat boats won't be taking part in this because I don't see them having wheels, Mike. <laughs> That's they, true. If you, if you don't have wheels, you're out, you're out of the show. Exactly. So bat wheels is one of the big announcements here. Uh, also, the bat girl uh, a title in the upper right. They're still working on this. This was a Joss Whedon project they announced in 2017, but things really aren't mm-hmm. going well for him right now. Uh, <laughs> and then also two over from bat wheels is the Zatanna show or Zatanna show. I, I, mm-hmm. I will never pronounce that correctly the first time. Um and that's because uh, that's been rumored, but now that's confirmed to be kind of in the works here in this dark universe stuff. 
Yeah, I was uh, saying at the the top of the show before we started recording that I'm like very, very slowly exploring the Titan show on HBO Max. Uh-huh. You know, I just put it on every once in a while when I don't have anything else that I want to watch. And I kind of just honestly just halfway pay attention to it. So I can't even really give any honest reviews uh, for the show. But every once in a while, I'll look up from my phone while I'm scrolling through TikTok and I'll be like, okay, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. Somebody said a swear word or, you know, somebody like, you know, broke somebody's back or wow that dude really threatened to cut off that dude's testicles i wasn't expecting that to happen in uh titans uh but it does seem a little bit more like a um a bunch of angsty teenagers were allowed to make a cwt uh, TV show, so I'm hoping maybe we get a little bit more polish on like this Satana or Batgirl well, show. I, and I think they will. I think the 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 problem with Titans is it was lived in a DC Universe Online world, um, mm-hmm. and not an HBO Max world. We're like, look, we want to do more with this kind of stuff. Uh, we're just we're gonna we're gonna borrow you for a little bit here. I do see Titans and um, you know Doom Patrol are not on here, um, which is interesting uh, because they have Green Lantern. Um and uh, Peacemaker and what's the other one? The other show? GCPD. The HBO I mean, on here. this could technically be a grid of new things being added to the service. Uh, and I know you you could say like, oh well, Harley Quinn's up there, but I think technically Harley Quinn right now is not an HBO Max original, but maybe the next season will be considered uh-huh. an HBO Max original. So who knows? That, that, that maybe that's how they're uh, well, sp- splitting I, hairs with the grid. I, I, honestly, I don't. I, I I honestly don't know because I see there's a Legends of Tomorrow, but Supergirl's on here, and Supergirl's already canceled. Um, at the end of this season. So I don't know what the rhyme or reason is. Maybe they had some announcements specifically. I don't have the details, but uh, there are also video games on here. Um, Cause you see suicide squad in the upper right and bottom up mm-hmm. one's video game. Uh, and Gotham Knights in the bottom is, is a video game, but I just, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, the overuse of the lightning bolt symbol across the black <laughs> Adam, the flash and Shazam. Uh, but uh, it's fun to just kind of see this grid, right? I, I like the colors. I like the play. It doesn't have that Marvel feel that you know, every Marvel logo has its own logo, right? Its own little mm-hmm. square icon on a black background. It feels good. And this just feels like a smattering of stuff, and that's fine. I, I love the colors. I love the vib- vibrancy of it. And I'm, I'm really excited to kind of watch this. So, or watch it, see some of these come to fruition, like Static Shock, right? Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about those forever. Um, League of Super Pets, Mike. Come on. Get on board <laughs> with this. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that the thing everyone's wanted, but I I'm excited for some of these, right? Like I think this is something for everybody in here. Um, anything else you want to add to this before we jump on? I mean, I think it's it's kind of no, fun. man. Let's keep let's keep pressing for it. We lost an hour today, Chris. We've we are, we're already behind. Make on it our up, lives. make it up, make it up. Okay, <laughs> WandaVision uh, wrapped up a uh, little over a week ago, and this week we got our first assembled episode on the series. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you texted me before I got to watch it, but I, I dedicated an hour of my life last night to watching it, and I'm going to tell you right now. I am absolutely disappointed they only made one episode of this in 51 minutes. I really yeah. like the original Mandalorian season I'm, stuff. I, we're, we're kind of on the same page for same reasons, but we're, we're kind of divergent a little bit. I, I'm okay with just one episode, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, I feel like they did a really, really good job on the second season of behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. I like just yeah. being able to sit down and watch one episode and kind of get it all condensed. Uh, but with this uh, WandaVision one, I feel like the the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes were entertaining. And then the rest of it was just fluff of just actors mm. talking about their roles. And I think I've brought this up on the show before. Um, as much as like I will adore or love an actor, you know, when it comes down to their performance or even just their like off screen personality or maybe even just their philanthropy with what they do with their money. Uh, I, you know, I can actually love and respect them for all that stuff. But I weirdly just do not want to hear them talk about their characters right Mm -hmm. because they put it all on the screen i don't i don't need to see um i don't need to see um Elizabeth Olsen tell me how Wanda feels during this episode because I I watched it on the screen so it, it weirdly felt almost like a recap of the season because they just like every segment was just like okay let's just bring in a new actor okay tell me what happens to this character in this episode and it's just like it was like There's... I was watching the man of recaps all over again on YouTube so like the first 10 minutes was fun because it was all about like the making of the vintage episode and the last bit was cool because they went into like the visual effects of like you know the vision's face and head and how they had to go with blue paint mm-hmm. instead of like red paint for like the black and white but yet the bulk of this i was just kind of like 
let's let's get on to yeah. show me some cool stuff like where's the cool stuff <laughs> and i think the, the problem with that is is you know they've been I, my assumption is all these actors have to sign the ndas they've been so secretive right the whole season mm-hmm. and these were the chance for them to sit down and actually split everything out they've been holding in but that doesn't do us the viewers anything because we already know um yeah <laughs> so i don't need that i want to see honestly i'm very disappointed we didn't see a like we a, literally an episode by episode breakdown or like an era by era breakdown of how this worked because you know they talk about a little bit like oh we use the same dick van dyke set and we just kind of change it every bit and then that was it like they just moved on to the next topic um i i thought the instrumental the music people were very interesting when they talked about mm-hmm. the motif throughout the, everything um which i'd actually seen on reddit like a month ago so like they were like yeah someone on on reddit kind of actually our youtube actually figured our stuff out which was really cool mm-hmm. uh and like you said how they you know paul bettany isn't wearing the full vision makeup the entire time yeah i didn't know that actually they did that is such a subtle visual effect and that's like that's mastery right there when you don't even know it uh, i just assumed he was just in in the makeup chair for hours because yeah. that's the story that you always hear on these sets of just like oh uh you know drax you know you know we set him down in a chair for like hours and we put all the stuff on him then he can finally film stuff so yeah. that's kind of what i thought was happening yeah, so you get to see him like uh, with a bald cap on, painted different colors with his ears sticking out, which is mm-hmm. hilarious and very awkward. Like how the actors acted with him like that <laughs> is beyond me um, because I'd lose it. Yeah, uh, there was there was some fun takeaways. Like yeah. I I thought it was funny that uh, Paul Bettany had to wear lifts in his shoes because I guess uh, the character yeah. of Vision should be a little bit more imposing around the people that he that he uh, is with on screen because he's a synthesoid, so he should yeah. be kind of really big. They, uh, they, they, why do they? Why does he have a butt pad? Chris? Oh, so, they never explained yeah, they, yeah, why he did. had a butt pad. Yeah, the same reason Elizabeth Olsen has on her dress is for posture. Uh, it, oh. it, it makes him stand up a little more. Like he pushes his back in a little more. <laughs> I, I thought they were just trying to give him like a robot butt. No, or something no, like that. no. It, it's it's all. It's not a fake butt in, in that sense. It's like one of those tight things that like pull you together. Like yeah. for but for men kind of thing i mean we did get a little confirmation also uh and, and you brought this up last week when we were talking about uh evan peters that uh evan uh was on and he said that he got the call from kevin feige so that was a, a decision that came on up high i'd like to know how exactly that uh, fell apart and got to where we, yeah. we got um but you know we talked about all that last week so we won't talk anymore yeah. about it there well he did mention uh, it was meta as well i'm like i said that i'm like yeah i, I mean like we get, it, it was meta but you know yeah. just maybe a little little too meta <laughs> yeah. but uh so yeah there was some fun stuff I, I, another big thing that I, that I whiffed is uh when we were talking about the spoiler cast last week I was under the assumption that they used uh, all the Disney money that the show had and they built their own downtown set in Georgia somewhere uh because that was just the flex that uh that Marvel can do uh with uh Disney plus cash uh but actually they said that this was uh it was still a set so I wasn't totally wrong right. but it was one that already existed in Hollywood it's like right so, down the road from you man come on You've been there <laughs> yeah, uh, I just was surprised because I just thought they did all of this stuff in Georgia because they get all the tax credits there. But who knows? Maybe they had to just, you know, you know, we want to do this kind of classic, you know, outdoor idyllic downtown set. There's none in Georgia. So everybody uh, yeah. meet you in L.A. in two weeks and we'll film all this outside. Yeah. Well, stuff. they also mentioned like they had to tear it down and like had like a day between like decades to redo the whole town mm-hmm. sometimes. Which, yeah, maybe in Hollywood, it's easier if they have all the stuff to make it there. I, I don't know. Like, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, one of the also things that they kind of confirmed is they shot this in front of a live studio audience in the outfits of the era. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see that there's like that scene where Wanda and Vision in the first episode are having a phone call about the hearts coming over and they were filming it on the same set at the same time in just two different uh-huh. places. So uh, it was cool to see it kind of like come to life, but it was just really like there, there wasn't enough of that kind of stuff in there and it, it felt disappointing, but it could be again, a pandemic documentary. They, shot what they had and used it but yeah uh, i i think it was just in my opinion it was just lackluster yeah you know i don't know if maybe they just didn't like you said if they didn't just have a whole lot of cool like making of behind the stuff but that's what i want to see i want to see the making of i want to see the craft of putting it together i don't really care what the actors have to say right you know yeah it'd be nice i can can go watch an interview i can go watch a junket if i really want to know what paul bettany and elizabeth olsen have to say about their characters right well i mean i like their their insights to like the outfits and like their experiences with this right like I think that was fun. Like, yeah, you know, Deborah Joe Rupp talking about being digital. Like, she, I don't even know where she would have been digitized into the show. <laughs> I almost, I almost feel like maybe that's the thing that Marvel does for everybody. It's just yeah. like we don't know what we're gonna have to do with you later, so we're just gonna scan you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was kind of cool to get some of those tidbits. But yeah, like you said, like it's 
none, no one in the, the no, if you want if you want to point out no one in this video had masks on um if that tells you when they filmed this documentary mm-hmm. which would have been what uh, over uh, over a year ago now right um, yeah or possibly i mean uh, you can still do it unmasked uh but you know there's a lot more lockdown restrictions that yeah. maybe or maybe they can't do on that georgia compound because yeah, they, uh, they had the mandalorian stuff in mass too though if you look mm-hmm. at all of that stuff which was it was just weird to see it. i'm like oh that's is that safe is that, <laughs> oh wait this is we're, we're good we're, we're safe on this so um but yeah I, I think i mean it's worth watching but i mean like man like the mandalorian stuff really nailed it i think a little harder so i uh, hope to see more of those but with the assembled, the next one we're going to get is for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And when does the Falcon and Winter Soldier drop, Mike? Oh, fr- 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 Friday. Friday, the day after Justice League, we get our first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I've seen mm-hmm. some early reactions that I tried to avoid. So I'm no spoilers, but I'm just like, don't I don't want to get my hopes up, you know. But mm-hmm. it's Marvel. I'm excited for this stuff. Um, it's a six episode series, and someone said I think he, maybe it could have been Kevin Feige that the episodes averaged 45 to 55 minutes. Bring it on. Um, which is about right for an hour-long show, right? In the, yeah, I mean, I'm preparing myself. Uh, Succession is a solid 60 minutes. Like it's, yeah. it's like Game of Thrones timeline of like you're getting that whole that whole hour blocked off. So I, I'm, I'm ready for uh, Falcon and the Winter the, Soldier it's never extending been a, to 55. It's never been a more awful week to have daylight savings time because I used to just wake up <laughs> and watch WandaVision, and that was, mm-hmm. you know— an hour earlier now i'd have to wake up t- technically two hours earlier this week to watch this oh my gosh uh so i think i'm gonna be saving it for the end of the day so um i'll be coming Good home luck. right away and watching <laughs> it. yeah I'll, I'll avoid it at work but i think you know for six weeks i can handle it um just not going to the sites not doing our show notes until friday or saturday um but um it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to do that but i'm excited i'm excited to watch this and you know get the full that was the other thing wandavision i did not mind watching like in my bedroom when i woke up mm-hmm. like i watched it on the, the tv in the bedroom but like falcon when i told you i feel is gonna be like i want to experience this with the sound and the and the lights in my mm-hmm. my little theater space so um looking forward to that mcu on disney plus uh kevin feige was doing some interviews apparently uh, and I, probably for WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier crossover. Mm-hmm. And he says, say about the season two possibilities for the characters is like where characters show up and how will sometimes be in a direct season two will sometimes be in a feature and then an additional season. And then we're just not going to say who does what right this second. So uh, <laughs> exactly what we thought. <laughs> but Right. But I mean, he, he doesn't like necessarily like he's like, you know, you're not going to get it's not going to go like WandaVision and then WandaVision season two. Right. She's going to Doctor Strange and then back. Um, mm. you know, will Bucky, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where will they go? Do they get their own movie or do they show up in another season of this and then an Avengers movie? Um, you know, Loki, where does he even go in this this world? So I, I think I think, you know, his answer is pretty telling. Like, yeah, we don't have any plans yet, but, you know. We're gonna ebb and flow. We're gonna we're gonna wing it. We're gonna have some fun mm-hmm. with these characters. Exactly what they're doing with the release date of Black Widow. It sounds yes, like. exactly. And, that, <laughs> and, and that's a nice segue into our next topic here. Black Widow. Disney confirms uh, the CEO confirmed that the movie is on track for a May seventh theatrical release this week. Bob Chapik, the Chapik man himself. <laughs> uh, I don't know which one. It, it could have been the CEO of some other things, but yes, um, <laughs> it was we'll either Iger or Chapik, right? One yeah, of the Bobs. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up my notes here where i got it from uh here here in a second um bob chapik is who it was uh he was he was doing some interviews this week um and um that they're, they're gonna gonna un, they don't want to change it and some theaters are still very hesitant i've heard that they're like it's mm-hmm. gonna change um but you know again just you know in terms of american numbers the vaccine vaccine ratio uh numbers are going up very rapidly right um people are getting them I, we might may not be completely vaccinated by May 7th, but you know, maybe in a safe place to sit in there, wear a mask, enjoy the movie and go home kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It's a, it's a big numbers game, just like how movies have always been. So it's just like, they're projecting, okay, if we're getting this many people vaccinated every week, by the time we get to May, we'll be at this. Okay. Uh, thing places might start to lift restrictions. Maybe movie theaters won't be at full capacity, but we, we can get X number of people in. So it's an interesting, uh, for, uh it's an interesting formula to look at, uh, mm-hmm. right now. And- we'll have to see, uh, but I, I think I think the most important thing though is since we're, there's going to be a 
two big groups of people in the United States, the unvaccinated and the vaccinated by the time uh, summer comes around, you know, uh, people should be extra nice when it comes to spoilers for things, right? Because people won't necessarily be able to go and see Black Widow the weekend it comes out. And like people love their memes. People love to go to social media. People like to get pirated clips and like start making like image macros and stuff like that. Like you're just going to have to, you're just really going to have to cool it. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of that in Black Widow just based on what we know about the film could be totally wrong you know maybe there will be like some big spoilery stuff in it there, but it's there's just like a, there's a reason it's the first one of this phase mike and i don't know what <laughs> it is you can't put yeah. my finger on it yeah but it's just like but just but just chill it on the spoilers uh it's gonna be a while till everybody can go back to the theater right exactly and with um just to just add that again international numbers seem to be you know pretty good and they need to get the international so if we want to keep our marvel movies on schedule the rest of the year the other all four of them and who knows how many shows we need this to come out so knock on wood may 7th mike doing it i just wanted to go out on a limb here and say i didn't put this bit of news bit of news in here <laughs> i shared it with mike originally and i didn't think we would put it in here chris this is what happens uh when you don't have the show notes ready on sunday morning when i hop on on my computer to make a uh, the uh-huh. image for this week's podcast yeah. of i just have to assume that the stuff that you sent me during the week is things that we're going to talk it's, about on the podcast it's the biggest and news that, yeah. and that was the live action casting of uh the powerpuff girls yes so yeah so uh, i made just like an image of just i just put their heads on the powerpuff girls bodies it's kind of dumb and it's stupid but it's just like all right i already made it i'm not unmaking it i'm not making another yeah, one it's fine. so we have to put it in the show we have to put it in the news <laughs> so um yes the live action tv series for the cw i didn't realize it was cw i thought it was actually like a bigger network or a streaming Ooh. but it's the cw uh, has cast its Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup. And I bet everyone here is groaning at us for talking about this. But there's a reason. <laughs> Two of these actresses were actually in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The uh-huh. first one being Chloe Bennett, the main actress of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Uh, who played Quake, yeah. Daisy Johnson. I think, it's, I think it's safe to say she's been in every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., possibly. Yeah. The majority of them. I think I think mm-hmm. if, if the, the series revolves around here. will be Blossom, the leader of the grown-up Powerpuff Girls. And the mm-hmm. other actress is Dove Cameron, um, who, if you remember, she had, like, slicey rings, right? Like like knife rings that she threw at people? Yeah, she was in, like, one of the later seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I don't know exactly what season. Maybe season like five. five four, maybe, late four, maybe early five six. kind of thing, yeah. It wasn't six yeah. or seven. But, yeah, I don't know exactly what it was. And I don't know who this... I don't know who this actress is. I think she has another background before she was on Agents of Shield. I don't know if she's like a oh, if Dove she's Cameron? like a singer or if uh, she's, she's a been Disney. In other she's movies. A, she's a Disney uh, uh, actress. She like a like, like a House of Mouse type person. Like like Descendants, I think was it. So and she had it like some singing here, but Descendants was her like the show she had on there. Gotcha. But I mean, uh, you got two Marvel actresses there and then uh, someone by the name of Yana Peralt. Yeah. uh, Yep, exactly. Don't know who she is. Um, Yeah, uh, I don't think she has much. I think she's like has a theater background. So I think she's a relatively uh, unknown cast for this. But I mean, there you go. That's that's your Powerpuff Girls, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. So they are older. They're not They're They're dealing with the trauma of growing up as Powerpuff Girls. They're They're, jaded, man. They're not together. They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to come back together and work out their, their differences. I'm excited to find out who plays their dad. The, the scientist in this? I wonder. Oh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I would think to make the show the most jaded it could possibly be, you have him dead. Uh-huh. But, you know, if you're doing a live action, you want to keep the bigger it's, characters around that you can. So, yeah. I, yeah the, the mayor, the old the, the little mayor and his like little his secretary. Uh, what is Mojo Jojo going to look uh-huh. like? Is he going to be like a, a real chimp that kind of has mind control? Or is he going to be like a like an anthropomorphic, you know, I guess chimps are kind of already anthropomorphic, but maybe even uh, even more so. Uh, I, every time I see this pop up in my timeline, it's always people groaning that it exists. Like, oh no, you're ruining my Powerpuff Girls, and it's just like, Whatever. I don't care. Like, you do it if you want to. Like, are, are people really that precious about well, their so Powerpuff Girls? I have two groans against this, Mike. Okay, For, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, one of the producers is uh, writer is Diablo Cody, mm-hmm. um, who did what was it? Um, uh, oh. Is that Juno? Juno, which I fucking hate Juno, by the way. Like, <laughs> it's a personal thing. Maybe fine in this. That was how many years ago? Um, anyway. And then, but it's also a Berlanti production. So, what what kind of effects are we going to get for those superpowers, Mike? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess we'll. Uh... 
I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. I mean, I'll, I'll tune in. I mean, the CW app is free. You, you'll be able yeah. to watch it like the day after it premieres with some commercials. You won't have to really invest that much at all to check it out. But I mean, Chloe Bennett, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a bigger get, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it's funny. La- last year, uh, we, we filmed this big commercial for my work. Right? I think I told you about this with these people from LA and the guy, the director of that, um, his girlfriend is like best friends with Chloe Bennett. Um, so like, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let her know you said hi. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is fine. I mean, it's, it's not for us, but it's interesting to see, you know, um, was it, this isn't Rugrats all grown up. This is Powerpuff Girls with trauma and all grown up. So <laughs> we'll see how that plays in. Speaking of things from our childhood, which holds fond memories, Mike, video games. If Mike's singing oh, <laughs> or musical talents didn't give it away, it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're going to talk about their upcoming video game called Shredder's Revenge, coming to console and PC this year. And this is the exact style, read like not redone. This video game is made to look exactly like Turtles in mm-hmm. Time, the arcade game that we all know. Yeah, well. it got little sprites. And I waited until we got to the segment to ask my question, Chris, uh, since you are you know all up in this kind of uh, arcade world. Is this a brand new game, or yes. is this like a remastered game with extra? This levels? is a brand new game. So that's awesome. the, that's the point of this. You know, they this these companies have come together. Like you know, these people love these old games. We're gonna make the game the same side-scrolling fight style uh just kind of upgrade the pixel count right a little bit and give you know the the characters some moves look like uh, bebop was spinning somebody around in one of the the things Mm -hmm. so like it just looks like it's fun if you're gonna like it you know dive in you know keep save up all your quarters now buy your game with the quarters so you don't have to put them in later um, yeah, uh, you gotta you gotta stay one minute through the trailer. The one yeah. minute mark is when you finally get to see the sprites. Yeah, the uh, it's just, and it's just oh, it's just great, man. That arcade game is just such a classic. I love it. It is, uh, and I think what's cool about this is I'm pretty sure it'll have online multiplayer. So you know, rather than trying to get everyone together on a couch and make sure that's you know you have four controllers, if everyone's got their own console and copy of the game, play online. That'll be mm-hmm. that'll be really enjoyable. So check out that trailer in our show notes if you're into. Retro video games and Ninja Turtles, or both. The last uh, two topics here is going to be Resident Evil, Mike, because why not? Um, this first image, you asked me this, is this a movie or a TV show? When I sent you the image of the Resident, it says Resident Evil. And even though it says film on the title, I, I understand where you're getting from, because Resident Evil has a video game, a TV show, and a movie coming out this year. <laughs> All three of them. And what's really weird is that when you, like, if you look at it, it literally has almost every character's name from every Resident Evil video game in the background <laughs> of this picture. So is this going to be the busiest movie in the world, like, trying to introduce us to these characters and why we care? Or, yeah. Or what? And is this, like, a live action? Yes. Or is this, this is animated? Live action. This is live uh, action. It- yeah, it's really confusing because, like, with a lot of, like, Japanese video game uh, properties, you know, they are totally comfortable with, like, an animation studio, you know, making, like, an animated story that could be canon, it could not be canon, it doesn't matter. We see this happen all the time with stuff on Netflix where, like, random video game like Dead Space or something like that will get its own, like, just one-off little movie that doesn't really evolve into anything. Uh, so that kind of happens with uh, Resident Evil as well, so you're just like, what am I supposed yeah. to be paying attention to here? What's, well- like, the prestige thing that people might be talking about once we go back to the offices, so, right? I, I assume it would be this live action thing. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about more about what you actually just brought up here in a second. But this live action one, it's got, um, you know, the the guy who plays the um in the Umbrella Academy, the the number one um actor, Albert. Um, I can't think of his name, but you know what I'm talking about the one in the monkey, the, the monkey body, the, yeah, the gorilla guy. Yeah, 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 he's like one of the actors, like uh, um, uh, Hannah John Kamen who played Ghost and and um. The second Ant Man the Wasp, she's one of the characters as well. So they've got some names tied to this. So I've just not seen any footage. And I just hate the title colors because it's got this red spooky forest vibe, right? And you know, Resident mm-hmm. Evil red. Then like the R is black in Resident and the E is black in Evil. So when I saw this, I was like, Oh, it says Esidentville. Like because <laughs> the the black goes in with the trees in the background. I'm like from a design perspective, Mike. I feel this is a very piss poor choice. Fire that graphic designer! Uh, why would you? Why would you do this? I can't even see the title at the top. But I also think this was taken down from the internet. Uh, whoever posted it was like, someone like had them delete it uh, and, and take it down. So might might have jumped the gun a little bit early on this thing. So hopefully we get a trailer soon. I think this is coming out September third. So um, buckle up, buckaroos. Get some more Resident Evil. One that's not Mila Jovovich and her husband making it for for once. 
But on the <laughs> other side of this, Netflix is in fact making a Resident Evil TV or series um, using the animated stuff that you literally just mentioned. So um, <laughs> they've done this before. There are other things. This I believe the voice actor for Leon here, and then there's a, a Claire character as well, are the same voice actors from the Resident Evil 2 game that just came out. So they're trying to mm-hmm. tie them together by using the same actors. Um, but it is coming this year uh, to Netflix. It's called Infinite Darkness, and it's quote-unquote an anime series. But it looks to be yeah. like a CG anime series. Yeah, I wonder if there's um, any synergy between like the video game engine that they developed and uh, the character models and this TV show, right? Because it's like, well, do you really hire a brand new person to model all these characters in 3D, or do you just take the 3D models, which look great, uh, yeah. from the video games that just came out, and do you like start with those? Like, I feel like there's got to be some sort of like cross pollination. Um, yeah. And I and I feel like I've I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But I swear I've heard of people like using like video game engines like mm-hmm. to make you know uh, like TV. Uh, that's kind of what they do in the Mandalorian, right? They're using like what Unreal Engine to, yeah, to Unreal run engine, that yeah. the the volume. So uh, I mean, it sounds like they could just kind of do what uh, they used to do back in the day with uh, uh, doing screen recordings of Halo, right? To make red versus do, blue. Do, do, just the the character models look a lot better now. <laughs> do you think they call it an anime series still at that point? Or, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, anime is kind of traditionally the rooted in, um, in, you know, Japanese culture. So if yeah. this is like a Japanese property and, yeah. you know, uh, Japanese, you know, people worked on these characters. Yeah, yeah. You could probably say it is, but yeah, we are starting to diverge, right. From, uh, you know, 2d, 2D stuff. 2D I watched, yeah. I watched like 15 minutes of that, uh, Pacific Rim, uh, 3D animated oh, TV yeah, yeah. show. What the was black? it called? Into Into Black or something yeah, like yeah. that, or The Black. The Black. And it was a. Uh, there was some. They 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 matched the aesthetic perfectly. Like all of the kaiju, or at least the three kaiju I saw at the beginning, looked the same. Uh, the robots uh, are fitting in from what what I used to see. Uh, but it's just I I. I I just don't know if I can get into it quite as much, but they, they really, they fit the scale that, you know, that was the whole thing that we really liked about Pacific Rama. Things felt weighty, things felt big, and they still kind of feel like that. Uh, I don't know if I'll jump back around to it, uh, but yeah, yeah well, you can still hope, feel the spirit of the show. Hopefully you're not sharing someone's password on your Netflix or else they're going to kick you off of it, Mike. <laughs> that was a real, that was a real bugger this week for some people. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Resident Evil, they got a video. Resident Evil 8 is coming out, uh, I believe in May as well. So like this is, if you love Resident Evil, uh, this is, this is your year for it. Sounds like they're, they're tripling down. Uh, but also the end of Infinite Darkness, it's set in tw- 2006 per the synopsis, which is I think when Resident Evil 2 takes place. So, um, be interesting to see that what what they thought 2006 was in that world all right mike well that's the show that's it for this week it's time to you know go try to speed things up to get this hour back and then uh you know get ready for all the the cool content we can start watching this week mm-hmm. so on and so forth but if people know what you're up to where can they find you at well they can find me at mike royer design on instagram twitter and tiktok and you can read my comics at pickled comics Dot com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I'll be there. Uh, also, new Fortnite season starts on Tuesday, so good luck to everybody out there. Have fun. Enjoy it. And we'll, we'll talk about that maybe more next week if there's any crossover. I don't know what it's going to yeah. be. Interesting. Heard you got to watch out for that Tomato Town, Chris. Tomato That's Town. all I know about Fortnite. It's That's all I know about Fortnite, Chris, is Tomato Town. <laughs> that is a two-year-old reference, but yes, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Uh, if people want to know more about the show, maybe uh, get ready for our reviews. We're going to start doing it again regularly. Where can they find all that stuff at? Oh, that's so easy. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find the avenues we host a show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see the uh, the screenshot for the Resident Evil movie that made Chris mad, if you want to see some poor graphic design, uh, click on that link in the so show mad. notes. Uh, so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, if you want to see that splash of uh, logos from that AT&T analyst investor day, we got that in our show notes too. So go check that out at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts like our own and you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and the gram and you can get swag at superhero slate.com uh, slash store we love hearing from you we love it when you guys reach out uh, we love hearing from you and if you want to be a super fan of the show that's so easy to do all you gotta do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy make sure you're getting vaccinated and wearing your mask social distancing so we can get things back to normal before the end of the 
year, Chris. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, there we go. We'll catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. This is like the calm before the storm. We're in the eye. The eye of the... The brown eye uh, of the storm. The Snyder storm.